Evening all, welcome to the latest episode of the Endless Celts podcast, episode 180 now. Mental, absolutely mental. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight, we're going to talk about the game yesterday and all things sort of Celtic related as usual. Uh, joined by Roscoe tonight, how are we doing mate, how was the weekend? I'm not bad mate, I was just trying to sort my volume there, it was dead quiet. Um, <laughs> I weekend was rather, I really quiet, um, the Wayne was away on Saturday so... Binged the first series of that Happy Valley, so catching up with that, apparently it's really good. Oh, wife's daft on it, I haven't watched a, a single episode, but she binged the whole thing in about two days. <laughs> I will, we're getting it a good go. <laughs> and the usual host with the most, but he's, he's taking a wee seat back tonight and, and getting his opinions in. Stephen, how are you, mate? All good, mate, all good. Touch and go is going to be on tonight, but I'm glad to be on. The usual Friday lineup is now on a Monday, so I'm excited <laughs> to get stuck in. Without the booze this time, let's see how we get on. But looking forward to it. Just uh, a few comments up. Alistair, evening. Paul, Tony's in. Egyptian King. Phil's in. Jed's in. Evening, everybody. Uh, let's get stuck in. Uh, we're going to talk about the game <laughs> yesterday. Uh, and let's just get stuck right in about the, 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 the first goal because there wasn't much happened before it, but... Well, we'll not talk about the first goal first of all. Go to Ross first and just say just a wee sum up, just standard day at the office for Celtic has paired now. Pretty much, aye. <laughs> um, I mean <clears throat> it's getting to the stage now where it doesn't really matter if Celtic win two one, three nil, four nil, five nil, five one, six two, two one. The game just pans out the same. It's always comfortable, regardless of the final score. You never think this is in doubt here. I'm worried about the, what the final outcome is if we're going to get the three points. We always seem to get the three points whichever way. Uh, it's not always a big margin, but as I say, either way, we always get it. Um, I think you can have to credit St. Johnson a wee bit uh, yesterday. I think they started the game pretty well, first six, seven minutes, and then Celtic started to find their flow got the goal in 12 minutes but I have to say I felt like Johnston, uh, Johnston, St Johnston probably other than the, the St Mirren game where we lost and the 2-2 game at Ibrox I think they probably not not the most trouble but they, they, they certainly laid a glove on us more than most other teams have this season uh, and obviously they got their goal uh, which was a, a great finish but I, they they did they they did lay a glove on certainly in the first half second half it was much the, the back to normal where we totally controlled the the entire proceedings but um, all in all again another comfortable afternoon and it must be absolutely soul destroying if you're Rangers and you're chasing Celtic down and you're playing first almost every week and doing your job you have to credit them but. <laughs> Getting like excited, probably as we would have if we were chasing Rangers. Getting excited about the possibility of Celtic dropping points and closing that gap, and Celtic just take it away for you <laughs> early doors all the time, and they don't even look like dropping points now. It must be absolutely demoralising for the chasing team. Hundred uh, percent, Stephen. You, you agree with that? I think it's a fair point as well. What did you think of the match first of all? And uh, I have got I've got some friends that are fans of the team across the city, and I think they're all saying the league's over because of that reason. It like just doesn't look like we're ever going to slip up. 
I mean, to be fair, like what Ross said about uh, Sevco across the city, it helps when you have two goalkeepers on the pitch, so it keeps the goals down. But in terms of, <laughs> I mean, us, we're doing the job. And I know what Ross said, you have to credit them. They're keeping up and asking the questions and that. But as, as we said last week, the chase, they're chasing us. They're expecting us to go to these venues and possibly drop points. But like you always do, watch the game with Granda. I mean, just to comment again, there's an absolute abundance of shit pitches in Scottish football. And it's absolutely embarrassing. Sand all over it. And remember... Uh, do you remember back in the day, Mullerwell's pitch was like that? That's what it felt like. We were playing back in the San Siro again. It was just absolutely pathetic. The surface for that to be on TV again, it just does my tits in. Surely they'll have enough money to put some grass on it. But yeah, the, the game itself, I mean, to be fair, to credit them, like Ross said, I thought they would have sat back. Callum Davison, he's not really an adventurous manager, but he'd done the 3 5 2, pinned us up the pitch sometimes. They were getting corners, getting long throw ins, causing us problems on certain occasions. But <laughs> Paul Hendry but yeah as, as, as Ross alluded to the fact Dre Wright got that it was a cracking goal but I think Joe Hart should have saved it that's for another day we controlled that before that, that game a professional performance <laughs> our professional our professional professional uh, performance seen us through we got the 4-1 victory that's all we needed we needed to get the points to get out whether it's a 1-0 or 2-1 you're happy enough but 4-1 to me was a great result Great return on the crap pits. The players did their best. Postacoglu alluded to the fact that there was still quality play on a difficult surface. And yeah, we always said they should be able to play anywhere, any type of terrain, but that was shocking. But to see the quality shine through was just great. They won the 4 1 quite easily, in my, in my opinion, in the end. I think it's a great point. There's a lot of that in the, in the comments about the how bad the pitch was as well. And when, with, like uh, you've just mentioned there, the way that Ange wants to play and the way we play is, is getting the ball down and slick passing. It's difficult on these pitches, but I thought I thought the guys coped excellent and they were, they were just blowing teams out of the water left, right and centre at the moment, which is obviously fantastic. We'll get into that um, as we go through the podcast tonight. But uh, the first goal, Ross, I think it just showed that Kyogo's far more than just a goal scorer, didn't it? Absolutely. Um, I mean, he picks it up well, almost halfway inside his own half. <laughs> and he turns, obviously, first thought is go forward. And then he finds himself seconds later playing the ball across the, the face of the goal, giving the defender a decision to make. He has to, he, Considine, you can't really blame him. He has to go for it. Because if he doesn't, then I think it's Jota's coming in and he's got an, an easy tap in. So he has to try and deal with it. It's difficult. But aye, like you say, it, that sort of epitomised and I know it, it's, it's alright saying it now because Jack Marcus is I think he's pretty much away isn't he he's, I don't know if it's yeah. official yet but um, I think that that goal epitomised why why he's in the team or why he has been in the team before Jack Marcus for the most part uh, it just Jack Marcus when they pick the ball up like that and do what he done uh, I, he's, he's in a rich vein of form now and even when he hasn't scoring goals, he still brings a hell of a lot to the team. He, he just makes his tick along with, obviously, the likes of Cal McGregor and Aaron Moy, who we'll probably touch on later. But, um, aye, another excellent performance and a really good goal. And it gets you calm early in the game because I was feeling quite nervous, I said to you in the chat. That's I was feeling right. quite nervous going into it. I didn't know why. But they just put it as at ease uh, early doors again once they once they get into the flow. 
Aye, definitely. Stephen, what did you think of Kyogo for the first goal? His desire to obviously he like Ross said, it's he's halfway in his own half when he when he plays the ball out wide, but his desire to get in and amongst it, because I think I think Maeda nearly takes him out on the way through as well. <laughs> he still keeps going and manages to get round on the wing and get the ball in. It was fantastic, wasn't it? I think we're seeing a different side of Kyogo. I think we're seeing his all round game come to the play here. I mean, we all kind of give him praise for the runs he makes in behind, but we never really seen the deep runs he makes from midfield position coming back receiving the ball. And he's absolutely fantastic. And when I was watching his uh, goal kind of highlights and stuff when he came from Fasal Kobe, most of his goals came from him linking up with the midfield, dropping in and then making the runs in behind. And that's exactly what he's bringing to the, to the party now for Celtic. And maybe Yakimakis Levin has given, the, give, in a way, given him a new lease of life, knowing he's going to be the main man all the time. He's going to be relied on and he, he needs to provide goals and assists. And they get in the box and to get that ball from the field, carry on, and then find yourself the right-hand side was absolutely fantastic. And as Ross said, Considine had two things to do there. Right? Either try and get it out of the pitch, or the pitch was shit and it's going to bobble into the net. And then the secondary option there came into play for him. But yeah, it was all about Kugo's desire, his enthusiasm for the game. And what I loved as well, like he never stopped running. He, he never stopped moving. He never stopped making space. He, and I love him dropping deep. I think he adds so much to his game when he drops deep because he's very technical. You can play one-twos in the round, quick one-twos, fire it away, take players on. We've seen that in the goal he scored the previous week against Livingston. Just hanging to the left and scoring to the bottom right-hand corner. He's just, I think he's added new levels to his game. And Posta Cogley always says it. There's more to come from Kyogo. Yep. And it's it's frightening. The wee lad when he's on form is fantastic. And Willie, you said an awful lot. You did say that he's not the most clinical finisher, and I agree with you. But I think we're starting to see the clinical set of Kyogo, and it's absolutely fantastic. We should on me. I we'll go into that as well for his goal. But I, it's it's interesting you said that about him coming deep. Like, we'll obviously go on to the third goal as well. But he he, he comes deep and, and wins the ball, and, and he's the one that turns and drives in for that goal as well. Um, he's I, I said it about oh the other the other weekend there when he, he made his debut, and I think Kyle goes similar in my opinion. Anyway, it's when he does a hell of a lot of running, but mm-hmm. there's. There's no, it's never like a headless chicken. There's always a reason for it. Even if he's making the run and he's not looking for the ball, it's to drag defenders away for somebody else to come in. His movement's just fantastic. And uh, you're right. It's his job. It's his job. It's his job. <laughs> but we'd say he's not about, not just about the goals, but he's got another one again. Stephen, his goal, fantastic. Great. Getting in the area. I don't know if you've seen... Sports scene, Michael Stewart actually did a good uh, segment on it about his movement for the goal, but it was superb, wasn't it? I never seen the actual segment that they done, but what, what I can tell you from what I seen was the control to kill that ball getting whipped in from, I think it was Jada, wasn't it? Yep. He puts it in along, along the deck and the bobbly pitch to kill that with one touch and then fired into the roof and that was fantastic. And if that's what I was alluding to the fact there that um, we're seeing the technical side of him because, like you said, from me before, Willie, Sometimes he flashes the chances or, or snaps at it and it doesn't quite go his way. But he killed it in the one touch and he fired it up the, the roof of that. And it was a brilliant finish. And it's just epitomizing his confidence at the moment to do them sort of things. Because previously, he may have tried a one-shot one bang, would have went wide. He's missed absolute sitters before and you're going, maybe maybe Jack and Magus in that situation would have buried that as well. But it was the control. It was being composed enough to turn his body and swivel put it in the, the top corner, well, the top corner kind of, but the roof of the net, 
it was just a brilliant team goal. Jada with basically three assists yesterday. He's getting back to his best, and it's just boding well for us getting into this latter part of the season. Yeah, Ross Kyogo, his movement was, I don't know if you've seen the segment yourself, but he <laughs> it makes the run at the front post and the ball's not came in, so he kind of just turns away, looks looks the other end of the pitch, and it seems like the defender is kind of like, well, right, he's no. And then all of a sudden he's darting into that front post again, and, and Stephen's right, the touch and finish is sublime, isn't it? Aye, it's it, like you say, I've never seen the segment, but I, I noticed that uh, at the time, and then even watching back, uh, I just checked out the highlights on YouTube, uh, and it, as you say, he goes in, he's expecting the ball to come in. I think everybody's expecting the ball to come in early, because yep. Jota does have the opportunity to put it in, but then he, he sort of makes the run, and then he, he does like a circle, like a wee walk circle, as if he's not interested, and then he just comes alive again, gets across the defender. It's his trademark, just getting across that defender. They they're just they just don't see him on, on their shoulder kind of thing. And he just gets across and like you say, they touch at his feet to give him the chance because you can kill that and then it's stuck under your feet, but he, he's mm-hmm. got enough about him to get the touch out his feet and then just on the half turn, just smashes it past the keeper. It's by the keeper before he even knows. And yeah. that that's the kind of thing that Kyle Go does when he's playing fully confidence. We all know he went through a spell where it wasn't really working for him. And it, I mean, it was a really bad, it was bad timing eh, that he went through that sort of spell where he wasn't very confident because it came when we were playing in the Champions League when we needed him at his best. And it was just a shame for us, a shame for Kyogo on that stage that he, he couldn't quite sort of show us what he's, he's doing right now. But I believe that he's good enough to play in that Champions League and get us the goals that we'll be looking for next season if and when we go into it. Uh, but aye, a, a class finish be a class player. That's an interesting point. And I think like we're going to go on to um, later on uh, Angie's presser afterwards and how he's talking about we're getting better and better Ross <coughs> just to come back on you then do you think if their Champions League group stages were starting next week we would have a far better chance than we did earlier on in the um, well I'll answer this like I always answer these type of questions <laughs> it's it's, all just... it's hard to say because it sounds like I'm sitting in the fence but it's difficult to say because you don't know who you're getting you, you it's <sighs> It's a tough one to answer. I think we're in a better place. What I will say is I think we're in a better place now than what we were at the start of the season or certainly when we were playing in that Champions League. I think we've evolved even more. Uh, And again, back to what Ange was saying, he wants us to finish the season stronger than we started. He said that last year as well. And I think uh, on evidence that we're doing that. So if... Let's let's sort of rephrase the question for me to make it easier to answer and say, let's say if we were playing Champions League and it was the group we had at the start of the season, then I think we would probably do a bit better. Um, but I'm not saying we would qualify out of that group, but I certainly think we would accumulate more points. Uh, but then you have to caveat that we, we've not got Giacomacchus anymore, so mm. how would Odo do? We don't know. I like the look of him. I like uh, the look so of him. they are. I think we'll probably go into it. But the way he rolled Constantine, I know Constantine's 35, but he rolled him, he showed strength. <laughs> he, he showed strength and he rolled him. And he, he showed us a wee glimpse of what he's going to be, hopefully capable of, uh, picking it up on the edge of the box. 
and rolling your defender. I mean, that's what you want for your striker, obviously. The yeah. most important thing is goals. But I think given time, that'll come. He needs more minutes in the park. But um, aye, if we played that group and started at the Mora, I think we would accumulate more points than what we did earlier in the season. It's interesting one, Stephen. What do you think, Jinkler? Obviously, we, we always said that we, we played well enough in the, the group stages in the Champions League this year. We just weren't clinical enough. Do you feel like we are a more clinical side now, and and do you think, like I said to Ross there, if this was the same group tomorrow, would do you think we would we would fare better? Or I mean, to be fair, at the time when the group was announced, we done the whole Champions League kind of group group stages drill lives and stuff like that, and we were all kind of confident and happy with that group, but we all wanted Madrid, the glamour tie, we got Shakhtar and and teams like that. It, I mean, it's you're dealt what you're given at the end of the day. I think we performed. Okay, this season of European football, I think we were great in, in some of the games, but didn't take our chances. I think, like what Ross said there, I think we should have qualified at least for the Europa League. I think that was the benchmark, and we, we failed at that. If you're starting European competition at the latter end of the season, yeah, our players are going to be well into the system. The new players coming in, being trained in it, like the likes of Alistair Johnson, old coming in, only had strength to your squad, but. It kind of boils down to the fact for me, Willie, we need to do better when we're in Europe. We can't say if it starts here, if it starts next year, if it starts whenever, it starts next week. We need to be better prepared to get into it. And we all fought. I mean, we can't deny it with, it, with, it, with the group that we had. We had a chance to qualify for at least one European competition after Christmas. That didn't happen. It wasn't good enough. And for me, next season, the Champions League, we need to really up our game. And I think Kyogo, if he shows his clinical form and continues this upward trend that he's shown, the likes of Jada and players like that, it bodes well because I think we lack the clinical edge, Willie. We spoke about it, Ross, as well, numerous occasions. We lacked the cutting edge up top. And maybe that was a mixture of GG playing and Kyogo not getting the, the full whack or full games or whatever. But we need to do better. We can't be saying if it starts now, if it starts whenever. It's that when it happens, we need to be there. We need to show up. We need to get points. And ultimately, we need to do better in European football. And we talk about... Um... The team being clinical and, and Kyogo started seeing that. I brought up a few comments there. I think the chat, it looks like, if I'm correct, that uh, 120 goals in the season's the the record. Uh, a lot of the guys are thinking that we, we, could, we could get there. Um, and, what are we on the uh, I, I think somebody says we need 42 more goals. So Kyogo got Is that for a league sure. season or just all in? The I think it's a league. I'm, I'm, I don't league. know. The guys, I think the that'll guys be all in. That's a lot of goals. Lachlan and, and Kev, 14 that were discussing it, so they could maybe, um, they can, they can maybe let us know if it is league or not. But talking about Kyogo and his goals, <clears> the, <throat> the guys might have to correct me here as well. Um, but I, I, I do a wee bit of research online today because I'm sure I've seen a stat somewhere, Stephen. Kyogo's, uh ninth in the golden boot race at the moment uh, considering that you know the point system we all know because when Larson won it yeah. he had to score like twice the amount anybody in the Premier League <laughs> scored, so it's still that same system um, it's, I think it's two points per goal for like the, the, the top leagues in, in La Liga and, and English Premier League and stuff like that so Haaland's on 25 goals at the moment Kyogo would need to have 34 <laughs> at this moment in time to be beating him and the, so right. it just shows you how how, how clinical he's been this year yeah it definitely does I think the starting ratio is about 21 goals in 20 games something crazy like Amazing. that for his stats it's, it's, it's incredible at the moment that golden 
European boot competition, as you said, Larson had to score fifty free goals ever to get that to get that in his back pocket. And for me, Hugo, even to be on that list with them types of players, I think it's fantastic. And we all know that we're not going to get the point system that the EPL, the Bundesliga, Liga get. So to be in the top yeah. ten, if he, and if he, if he finishes in that position, that would be fantastic. And for me, it's just again, it's recognition for him and for Celtic. People would be looking, going, "Who's Kyogo?" Then you're linked on to Celtic, and the people may start taking interest in there as well. So, and all, and, as I said, the, the clinical side of him, I, I like saying it's it's the runs from deep. I'm loving. It's the linking up with the midfield players. It's the understanding between him and the likes of Atate or Amoy for his runs. Now he seems to be in sync when he makes them runs. He's getting found. Brian Warrior, Larson would have scored fifty goals a season, hundred percent, mate. But the king of kings would have been incredible in this thing that he was an absolute legend anyway but unbelievable as well in this thing but yeah for Kyogo to be like the golden boot race well he's just fantastic and ninth, eighth, seventh if he gets in about it well done to him uh, Superb boss isn't it I thought it was an interesting one because I think some fans including us as well are fickle sometimes and it, we, we it doesn't matter how good that is, we're expecting more. But to have Kyogo, considering that there's there's that um, sort of ranking system with the point system and stuff like that, and he's still in that top ten, it's it just shows how how great he's been, uh, especially recently. Because like you said, there was a wee there was a wee point at the start of the season where he wasn't in top form. So, and he, he's he's still in that top nine. Aye, it's 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 brilliant. Um... <sighs> Uh, somebody, I seen somebody that I know yesterday, um, Stephen Thomas, he put on Facebook saying that he, he can't believe he was going to say this out loud. He says Kyogo is Larson-esque. And right, I, a couple of people kind of laughed at him and I thought, well, I think that's fair enough to say that because he's saying-esque. He, he's not saying he's as good or better. He's saying he's similar. He's got similarities. And I, I, I would have to agree with that. I think Kent Larson's a better player than Kyogo. I don't think there's no doubt about that. But I would have to say that probably Kyogo works harder than Larson, and Larson worked hard. Don't I mean? Don't get me wrong. I think Kyogo probably works harder. I think he's probably faster. Mm, Is he a better yeah. finisher than Larson? No, I don't. I don't think. Don't think so. But I mean, some of his goals he scores, <laughs> you, you can't believe it sometimes. Uh, that one was it against. Was it against Livingston the other week? The one he flicked it over the keeper. Yep. Yeah. Aye. I mean, Larson scored numerous goals like that. So he's got Larson esque stuff in his locker. He's not as good as Larson, and he'll never be as good as Larson because he's what is he twenty seven now? So yeah. I mean, he's in the prime of his career, but he's well on his way to being a, a well an excellent goal scorer for this team and. Uh, that just pays testament to uh, what you've just said there, that stat that he's ninth, the way the point system works, and he's go- he's going to get more goals between now and the end of the season. Best of us. I mean, I've uh, just... no, I'll go for the season. Well. I've, I've seen, I also was going to say, there's a couple of arguments I've seen on Twitter and stuff saying, is Kyogo even better than Edward or uh, Dembele? So, I mean, I think personally, I would have him over them too. That's me being honest now. Just having him in the last two seasons or whatever, he's been fantastic. 20 plus goals in his two seasons he's been at Celtic. That's a record within itself for a Celtic striker. And touching upon the Larson stuff, we've searched for years for a striker even to come close to him. Even the off his coattails or whatever, we've had absolute shocking players come through that door. 
trying to replace the King of Kings. And no one's saying that he's anywhere near him, but I do agree with the similarities in terms of link-up play, his movements, his, his kind of touches of the ball, not getting involved much, which I've noticed as well. Kyogo's a player who very rarely gets involved with all the build-up play, but he's dropping more deeper now, so it's interesting to see that. But Larson was kind of the same. He would disappear for 80 minutes of a game and pop up with a double. And that's what you get with Kyogo sometimes. He's just an important player to have in our team. And while we have him, and 27, 28, he's in the prime of, of, of his career. And I know Russell came in there saying he joined uh, at the same time as, as uh, at the same age as Larson. So there, there's growth within Kyogo. We all know the system of Japanese football. They don't really play professional football until they're like 22, 23 because of university and coming through that type of system. So it might not be his prime. He might have another level, like Pastor Tony said, but why do we have him? He's just he's an absolutely fantastic player. I think we all have to agree on that. <laughs> Definitely. Stubbsy, no, it's I'm converting my put my garage into a wee pub. Uh, but I I can see the similarities, you're right. Um no, I think he's a bang on. I think the the goal, especially yesterday, was most definitely Larson esque. Yeah. But he's coming and taking that touch and swiveled and, and, and put it away. So I I can definitely see the similarities, but let's move on to the next goal. And at this point, you're thinking we've got the foothold in the game. We're free flowing, we're flying again. We go and take it, but then unfortunately, um, St Johnson uh, nipped one back. And I think this is interesting because in our group chat, there was a wee bit of debate about this. And Ross, I'll come to you first. What do you think? Do you think Hart should do better, or do you think it's just a wonderful strike? Um. Well, first of all, I think Hitati, uh, Postacoglu said in his post-match, he was a bit disappointed when we gave the ball away. I, I can understand that because the area we gave it away, but yeah. I think it was difficult for Hitati. He picks up his back to like the opposition goal, if you like. Uh, and he, the two St. John's players are on him pretty quick. He tries to do a wee kind of pirouette. doesn't really come off. He's not really got many options, but they lose it. And then it goes into the St. Johnston player who scored. And for me, I think sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, listen, that was a really good strike. I, I think I, I get it wasn't like perfectly in the corner, but the pace it was on the ball, he hit it so early. I, I think it took everybody. Uh, um, he hit it so early. I think everybody in the stadium, everybody watching at home, it surprised us, let alone Hart. Uh, and I think the ball was by Hart before. I just think sometimes you can't just blame the keeper like Aye. for every goal or the defence. Sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, that was a really good strike. And that was a really good strike that I, I didn't think Hart had much of a chance with it, to be perfectly honest with you. Interesting. Uh, Stephen, what did you think? I think you've already... What did you think about Hitati as well? Because I thought it was interesting that the gaffer said that after the game, because that was my first thought. And I don't know if it's maybe in reference to like he doesn't like one player holding on to the ball for too long. I know it wasn't mm. massively long, but he likes to get it popped about. So what did you think about that? I mean, as, as Ross said, the area of the pitch we, we kind of lost in, Hitati, the right the right hand side in our half, and Dre Wright takes it. I think it's one pass to him. He cuts in, and it's like an arrowed strike. I get the whole point. There's pace and power behind it, but it's not dipping. It's not bending. Ah, it's I going straight. That. See, I I don't. It goes straight. It maybe it, coming to the end of the strike. It's probably going like this, maybe, but it's not going like fucking swerving like a Nakamura strike against uh, Sevco. But um, I I looked at it 
the replay, obviously, Hank went right, right, had said it's a wonderful strike. To be fair to him, he caught it clean. He caught it quick and there was power on it. But for Joe Hart goes with a forearm. Don't understand that at all. Like, if you go with the two hands for that one and you get it away from your penalty box, you pull it out for a corner kick. It was, Anthony said it here in the comments, it was a goalkeeper in, our, from, in my opinion. And I've said it before, and I don't think it's bad saying it. Joe Hart's one of the players we're going to upgrade in the summer. I, I really do believe. And I think Posta Caldo's alluded to the fact he's already spoke to... <laughs> To some of these players about their contracts and seeing where their heads at, seeing they still match the ambition. I have no doubt Joe Hart matches anyone's ambition. He seems like a confident, confident lad. But for them types of mistakes, he can't be doing that. It, it was a straightforward save. It was a straightforward <laughs> save in the bottom right hand corner, in the bottom left corner. It wasn't like it was a fucking. Do you know what I mean? It was there for him to get. He didn't do it. He wasn't quick enough in his movement. That for me is the signs of a goalkeeper maybe slowing down a bit. And we've all seen it in European football. He's, he's making mistakes and he has these head brushes where he kicks the ball to the same the, their opposition player. No doubt in his qualities for Celtic. He's been fantastic for us while he's here, but I think it's an upgrade we can certainly make. I think calling that a goalkeeper error is absolutely scandalous. <laughs> I don't see where the error is. The well, ball... he went with a forearm. He went with a forearm. It's a two-hander. Like... He goes down with one arm. Yeah, but you, if, you, if, you, if, you had a... if that's an error, like an error to me is passing the ball to the, the opposition striker or whatever, stupid mistake. Like sometimes, maybe been, would have been a it was not one of them where you go like no keeper saving that, but maybe a better quality keeper does save that. But to call it an error is very very harsh in my opinion. Interesting one. The debate in the comments is, is, is half and half. People saying it was a great strike and keeper didn't have much chance. Others saying that uh, he probably should have saved it. But I mean, talking about upgrading in the team, I suppose keeper would be one place that you maybe be looking at in the summer. But for me, I think sometimes people are far too harsh on Hart. I mean, he's just went six games without conceding a goal. But as soon as a, a rocket goes in, it's oh, he's a terrible keeper and we need better now. I just no, I'm not saying he's a terrible keeper. I'm saying he's an upgrade that can be easily made. He's 36. He's not as if he's a spring chicken. There's, a, there's Aye, definitely a there no mega old for a keeper either. But I'm, I'm maintaining conversations with people about Greg Taylor. We need an upgrade. We need better than Greg Taylor. Oh, this is a different Greg scale, Taylor. Ross. This is a different oh, scale is here. I'm not saying Joe Hart is... Greg Taylor well, has scope to improve. Joe Hart's reached his peak and he's probably entering the last bits of it. Do you know what well, I mean? Aye, I take that point. I take eight. that point. Aye. I take that point. But I, I just think sometimes people are always looking for a scapegoat. We've won the game. I, I, I really fail to see how that's a goalkeeper. I'm actually amazed that anybody is saying that. I don't know how you do. I, I'm baffled. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all levels, isn't it? It's it's subjective to people's opinions. People have different ah. views. And to be fair to Jay Wright, Jay Wright, this is Johnson player. He he smacked it superbly. He caught it clean, as I said to you before. <laughs> he caught it clean, but the way I looked at it was in the replay. And to be fair to you, Ross, the first time when I seen it go in, I was like, that was you can't stop that. That's the fucking cracker. But the replay done it for me. It was the whole forearm movement. Do you know what I mean? You go with two hands and that one, you palm it away. It was a, For me, he was trying to be a bit more after the cameras there. Strong forearm to the ball. He should have palmed it away. He took the corner kick and just went, went on with the game, in my opinion. 
I seen I see Russell in the comments there saying hey, we can definitely upgrade on Hart. I don't I don't question that at all. I, I totally agree with that. But we could probably upgrade on everybody. There's always better, but it's whether we can get them. I mean, a keeper of Joe Hart's experience. I don't think you can buy that. Okay, he is in the 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 latter part of his career, but I, I mean, obviously, Postecoglou have his scouting network, and he, he's maybe got his eye on the keeper. But off the top of my head, at the moment, obviously, I've not got the the wealthy knowledge of the guys that are working for him, but. I can't think of anybody that Celtic could get at the minute that would do a better job than what Joe Hart's doing. I, I think we've, we've well, tried. Well, of course I can't think of it because we don't know much European goalkeepers, but I'm pretty sure there's there's a goalie out there you could pick up for two Aye, or three million euros, well, whatever it is. They've brought in Seacrest to challenge him. That's no harm. Yeah. He's no good enough. No, I agree. I agree. They, they, they brought in Barkas eh, after, obviously, losing out on Forster and Gordon went away. That was a disaster. The, the keepers who are underneath them, Bain, no good enough. I just think they've they've tried a couple of times to get a keeper in. Joe Hart has worked and he's he's built up a really good understanding with that central pairing at the back. I don't know. For me, it's as the grass, everybody thinks the grass is green on the other side sort of thing. I don't know. If you can get better, obviously. Let's go for it, but I don't know. It's I just think people want to pick faults in Joe Hart all the time. He's made more. Goal, he's, he's made. He's made far more mistakes this season than he did his first season. I think we can all agree on that. He's oh, definitely absolutely. made more, more, more horrendous mistakes than he did in his first season. And, and I, I don't want. To, it, maybe he kicks the balls the opposition players and the score goes from it. Like don't mean it, Rush, It's like the concentration Wait. thing. In the European game, he done it. Once, right? So you're saying he, he kicks the ball. To, he's done like, it. You're he's, saying it's he's, plural. He's done it a few times, but it hasn't ended up the goal the other the other times. But what I'm saying is, he's not the greatest, and I think we can all agree on that. Like he's 36, coming to the end of end of his career. You're saying you don't know who who to replace him. That's fair enough. But with Celtic scout network at the minute, I'd be pretty confident they would know who's next to the door. Well. You say that, but they brought in Segrist to challenge him for that number one spot. It was free. It was. That was, was for backup. It wasn't the challenge. Still, mm, don't know. Well, you've why been it, asking why, him to challenge him all season. Why, if you sign somebody for a free, it doesn't mean they shouldn't be challenging in the first team. Well, I mean, I mean, if you look at Ben Foster signs for every other top club in England to sit third or fourth choice in the bench, it's to fill a gap. It's to fill a gap because you have no second choice goalkeeper. That's that's all it was. Well, um, you're not going to... Let, let's be fair here, right? Segrist is a great, Jank, great keeper. Jank Segrist is coming in and going, oh, I'll just I'll sit on the bench. Can I be asked to challenge him? Well, that's what he's done. Myself. That's what he's done. I bet I be, he's, he's obviously tried to challenge him for the number one spot, but isn't he good enough? Well, of course you're going to train hard to make an impression, but I don't think Segrist is going there with a, the inkling that he's going to get into the fucking number one spot over hard. That's not happening. That, that wasn't how that contract was negotiated, I, I don't think. I agree with Ross. I just think people like to pick faults. I think we're flying in now. We've just had he's just had six queen sheets in a row. Now it's like we need oh, to upgrade our keeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. Great run. The defence arm. <clears throat> and Joe uh, Hart, to be fair. Right, let's leave uh, Let's leave the Joe Hart chat. Because <laughs> 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 we've had this conversation about 40 times before. Let's go on to more positive Love things. Love you, Ross. 
And I love you too, Stephen. This is going to be a good one. I'm glad Boyce is in the chat as well, actually, because Mr. Aaron Moy, <laughs> again, uh, two contriving opinions when he first came in for the two contributors today. Um, do you think it? Do you think it was fair, Stephen? Well, you will think it's fair. Oh fuck! Thank I, you. I'll ask Ross. I'll ask Ross this one now because I know what you. Do you think it was fair when he first came in, kind of when he was first starting that he, you know, there was a lot of opinion saying that he was like slow and a bit lackluster and stuff like that. Do you think that since he's been away at the World Cup, came back, got minutes under his belt, he's he's kind of getting match fitness again and he's kind of hit the ground running for there. Um, do you think it was fair to say that he was a bit slow and lackluster then, and he's now he's got the minutes, he's he's looking the player that we well, we hoped he would be, because uh, I know a lot of people weren't happy with him coming in. Well, I don't think Aaron Moy is ever going to be rapid. It's not his game. He doesn't need to be rapid because he reads the game so well. That's but he's that's not his game. He doesn't he doesn't have to be rapid to be effective. When he first came in, he wasn't he wasn't match fit. I think that was fair to say we could all see it. But he was still he was coming in he was coming in to games as a sub and he was helping us see games out. He was keeping the ball. He keeps the ball better than anybody else in the team. He very rarely gives it away. And I was aware of that before he came in. I remember watching him at Huddersfield. He was the reason that Huddersfield stayed in the Premier League the first season they went up. He got them big goals. <coughs> and he played in the, the role that he's playing now for Celtic. Obviously, when he came in, first came in at Celtic, he was play, they tried to play him a bit deeper, and it didn't work, I have to say. And even for a... was a wee second where I was like... Maybe I, maybe I was talking shit. Maybe he has done because he hadn't played a lot of football before he came to us. But like you say, Willie, he's he's came in, he started. He's it was sort of like when he first came in. The first half of the season was like his pre-season, where he was getting up to speed. Aye. Then he had the World Cup and he played a runny games, a quick succession. Got got his fitness up. I, I think the World Cup was the best thing for him, and we are now. Reaping the rewards of that, if you like, or the reaping the benefits of that, um, and I think now he's he's shown the player that I thought he could be for us. Uh, when he was linked to us, I've said it previously. When he was linked to us the, the summer before, people were like, "Oh no, he Moy or whatever," and I felt he could come in and add to the team. I have to say though, if if he'd came in that summer. I don't know whether it would have quite worked out because we still had Rogic at the time. Okay. Uh, so, but I think obviously Rogic is—he's left in the summer. I think that Postecoglou has always wanted Moy over Rogic, and I think Rogic a fabulous player and he's more elegant than Aaron Moy. But he doesn't keep the ball like Aaron Moy does. He doesn't keep it moving all the time the way Postecoglou wants it. And don't be wrong. Rogic was brilliant last season for us. But the way we play, the ball's moving all the time. Rogic is a carrier of the ball. And that's great. It's It was proven last season that it's great. But Postacoglu likes, I think it was Stephen that said earlier on there, the ball wants to be popped off all the time. And that's what Armoy does. And he's now adding goals to his game as well. And I think he's an absolutely been an absolutely brilliant signing 
Um, like I said, he wasn't quite up to speed, but he was still keeping the ball. But now he's bringing his all-round game to the team and we are benefiting no end for it. See, to come back as well, what you're saying, spot on, but see, like when you said, he first came in and he was getting the 20 minutes and kind of playing at number six. When we when Celtic announced the signing, did you see, is that where you saw him playing at the time? Or did you always um, think he could be a number 10 or a number eight even? Well, when he played at Huddersfield, he, like I said, he played further up the park in the yeah. sort of role he's playing the now. I wasn't sure. I thought he would maybe come in as a number eight. Um, just due to his age, I thought maybe he's like what Brown did, because Brown was a bit, well, certainly more dynamic than Aaron Moy when he was younger. Uh, but I felt maybe with his age, he would maybe be coming in to drop back and just, like I say, what he was doing in his early uh, stint, where he was keeping a hold, of, keeping a hold of the ball, and I thought he would come in and sort of dictate games just with his passing. He does that, but. I think he, he, he has shown that he's, he's more effective in that more advanced role. I don't think he's an out-and-out out number 10, which is weird. But no, I, like, I, I would say O'Reilly's more of a number 10. But somehow, Aaron Moy finds himself in positions where he can get goals. Even before... He's, he's obviously got a few goals under his belt now. But before he'd got that first goal, he was putting up in areas that he's popped up now, but he's now taking the chances. Yep. Whereas before, there's a couple of, and I think myself, what's happened? He usually used to be really good at finishing. Excuse me, when I watched him at Huddersfield. But he's he's now taking the chances and showing, he's obviously a bit older, but he's shown in the last probably month or so, month to six weeks, a uh, what he, what he showed at uh, Huddersfield and yep. that's the player that I expected him to be ah, He's been superb since they moved in on that number 10 and I, personally I've always, I was pleased when he first came in but uh, I always thought he was a number 6, I don't know why I had that thinking, I just thought that's where he was because he, he, he's good with the ball, he's, he's a great passer and he, he can take it in and, and pop it off like we've said, but since he's been put in this number 10 he's been fantastic Stephen and uh, just, just to come back on, I said, do you think that was a? Do you think that's you're thinking that he, when he first came in, he wasn't his fitness wasn't he quite there, and he wasn't getting the game time, and that's why he's looking slow and lackless, or do you still think he's slow? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like you said, you know, you, you know what I'm going to say here, but again, I was very critical of Moy when he first came to Celtic. I think everyone in the comments knows it, especially Alistair Jack. He's called me out already, but. Um, the way I look at it is, I think Moy, in his awkward interviews that he does, by the way, who hates being in front of the camera speaking, he kind of alluded to the fact that the reason why he's fit in so well at the moment is getting the run of games. And I think that was the main issue yeah. behind the whole kind of form in the first start of the season. But the way I look at it, when he first came in, it didn't get me excited. It didn't really get me anything. It was just emotionless, to be fair. I thought it was just one of these signings again to fill a bit on the squad. And then I look at him... and. I, coming on, playing the 20 minutes and definitely no chance product. Um, coming on the last 20 minutes and stuff like that, he didn't really make an impact. The game was passing him by and it just looked like he was done in, in a sense. And it was a bit strange because before he came to Celtic, he was playing... <laughs> before he came to um, Celtic, he was playing in the Chinese league and he was playing 
every game for the club he was at. Mm-hmm. He was ever present for Australia, and, and I think it was a gold cup or something like that. So he should have had fitness behind it. But when he first came, it just didn't kind of the work out. And I had steak pie earlier from a dinner, Willie, but I might as well have been humble pie because I've been absolutely humbled by Aaron Moy. <laughs> to be fair, nice standing. <laughs> thanks very much, guys. I worked on that all day. No joke. But he, he, the, after this World Cup, he's come in and he's. I mean, I watched O'Reilly play. I think it was the last game, wasn't it against Livingston? He he started, and there was there was a difference in O'Reilly. And O'Reilly, as I said in that podcast, he just seems to be a bit dejected within himself. But it's strange as well because he's still the top the top assister in the the Scottish league in terms of assist and secondary assists. He just needs that goal to kick on. But when Moy started that game at, at McDermott Park, there was just a calmness about the play. It was effortless sometimes. The one touch passing and. I mean, Brian Moyer, Hank said it, a free pass is always going to be quicker than your fastest player, and Moy can play that like that. So if you if you're playing through Mieta, you're playing through Kyogo, them slick balls, then poof, hundred percent like every day of the week, get that in your team. But I still have my reservations about Moy. He hasn't completely won me over. Like I, I know what, what I said, he's slow labor, still believe that. I still think he looks really slow. I still think he can't turn. But when he faces the play, he, he's excellent at winning. He's scoring goals, and we can't really underestimate as well that. Jana, that we lofted pass back into Moyes' direction, and then Moyes' tip. It was absolutely, it was a beautiful right. combination, and just a fantastic, like, fantastic chip goal by Moy. But I said again, I think O'Reilly has the perfect person to learn off in terms of loss of form and gaining confidence back. And I think Moy was in a similar boat at the start of the season. He's kicked on, went to the World Cup, played fantastic for Australia, came back to us, and kind of took that number eight rule, number ten rule, as Ross said, kind of in between that making runs, playing people in. And O'Reilly, for me, will come back on the game. But yeah. for now, Moy is, is the teacher and he's, he's guiding the Celtic team with some great results. Absolutely. Um, I, Ross, just to touch on the goal as well, I was going to go to Stephen, but he's already uh, commented on it perfectly. Uh, I thought it was a great goal. Uh, and it really, really, really showed Angie's style. And what I thought was interesting, because I think a lot of the time people suggest that the styles like get it out wide and get it in the box, but a few of the goals came through the middle, and that was a perfect example of it. And and Moy just exactly what Stephen said, just oozed oozed class and and just calmness and what a finish. Aye, and I mean again, like earlier in the season, like I was saying before he got his goal, he probably I can't remember. I think somebody said it in our chat yesterday as well. He he probably squares that. Uh, for who I can't mind who was coming in. Kyogo was in the middle. Kyogo, and Aye. he might not execute the pass right, and the chance is gone. He doesn't take the touch and loft it over the keeper the way he did. And like Stephen said, I was I was touching that as well. Jota's pass through to him was absolutely sublime. Uh, under a wee bit of pressure, mm-hmm. doesn't look like he's got much on. Moy makes the run. He sees it, and it's the wee dink and. Moy doesn't even need it. like it's not do you know that way if you play it like a slide drill pass and you don't need to break straight the guy doesn't need to break straight you're like that's a great ball weighted it perfect but he's played it like sort of chipped it over and he still doesn't need to break stride takes a touch out his feet and just obviously lifts it over the keeper an excellent goal an excellent combination and uh, we've, we've talked about Moy there but Jota was uh, I mean Moy got man in the match I don't think it was much between him and Jota. I think any, any of the two of them could have got it yesterday. Yep. Agreed. I totally agree. Fabulous goal. Uh, best goal of the game. Uh, two of the guys that are right banging form for us at the moment. It's interesting. There's been a few saying about 
Moyes right up there for for player of the year. So I thought it was an interesting one, Stephen. If you if the season ended today, and you had to do your player of the year tomorrow. Would Moyes be in there with a shout? No. I agree with that. I have to say. <laughs> um, let's go on to the next, uh, the next goal. And I want to, I'm really glad that actually this is. There's been a lot of debate. I've, I've brought up some uh, of the comments about a certain Mr. Matt O'Reilly, Stephen. I want to come to you first as well because you, I think you kind of said that he's been below par. Um, but then you also said that he was top of the. As Padre says, he's got the most assists in the whole league. Uh, bear in the mind that he's not he's not had as much football, I don't think, as he had last season uh, at this point. And he's still got the most assists. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm missing here because I'm seeing it all over social media as well. Um, I don't understand. He's he, Every time he plays, he's a solid minimum 7 out of 10, in my opinion. We've discussed how about, well, not only is he the top assister, we, we've discussed in previous podcasts about how he's the, what's it you call it, the, the assist before the assist? Secondary assist. Secondary assist, how he's always laying the wingers in. So why is why is he off the boil? Why is he not great? Just because he's not got a goal this season? Or? I think that the big thing is the goals, Willie, as you said there, but another thing that I think has affected him and we kind of underplay it is when he done that position change when Cal McGregor had the goal and the team injured and he, he played that sixth role. I still remember the podcast we done before the, I think it was the Leipzig game, and we were like, he cannot play in that <laughs> position. But to be fair to Matt O'Reilly, he done fantastically well. And people may ask, why is it going to hinder him? Because players are expected to play multiple positions, which is true. But O'Reilly had to take a whole a whole new type of thought into his game, a type of imprint, like the McGregor type role from a deep line playmaker to play the balls through the middle of the pitch. So he wasn't really getting involved at the top end. And I think since he's come back, it's been an outright dogfight between like O'Reilly and Moy to be in that kind of position the 10 room. And at the moment, Moy's kind of leading leading that. And I mean, what was Moy? I think it's four goals in four games, and I think it's like five assists as well. So he's been on fire, and we can't really deny that. But O'Reilly, for me, as you said, it's, it's strange because he is top of every like assist chart you can you can print or you can look at online. And it just looks like he's, he's just a wee bit doubting himself a wee bit when he gets in the box. He... he He's almost snatching the chances that the way he would have done last year, kind of caressing balls. He's kind of whipping or trying to hit it hard just to get it on target. But I think once he gets that goal again, he'll be flying. And that's all he's missing from his game. And you've seen it when he came off against uh, Livingston. He was so dejected. I said it in the previous podcast. He just looks so fed up. Not angry that he's coming off, but angry at the fact that he hasn't scored or he hasn't, uh, do you know what I mean, get, done that. And I just think, I look at him and I think, you just need to get your confidence back. You just need to get that mojo back because the ball he played for Kyogo in that game was absolutely sublime when Kyogo got his goal. Um, I mean, Robert, you, could, you to be fair, you could say that he has a power, I think has a power puff shot there. And he, not, that's what I'm saying. He caresses, he usually caresses the football into the bottom, bottom right or left corners or in, in the top bags. But yeah, it's it's madness already. It's just a, a conundrum. But again, it's the it's the squad depth, Philly. If you can call O'Reilly off the bench to replace Moy, you're not complaining. Or you can or face versa, you're happy enough for that. And every time O'Reilly starts, I'm loving that as well because as you said, he's a seven out of ten every week. He gets involved, he, he breaks up play, he can play that pass, and all he needs, like Moy done, was that goal. I think Ross made a great point. If if Moy was in that position earlier in the season, he probably would have squared that ball for a runner, but he chipped it over the goalkeeper. And once O'Reilly gets that wee bit of confidence back again in himself, I think he'd be flying. What do you think, Ross? Do you think this? I don't want to say criticism, but I mean, we we got involved in a uh, 
social media a bit of debate about it uh, this morning. Um, I'll touch on Abada as well because he's been getting he's been getting a bit of stick as well. But do you think it's fair that O'Reilly's been getting a bit of stick? And considering if you look at the stats when we talk about assists, he's well clear. He's got more assists than Jota and Moy and all the rest of them. Do you think it's fair that he's been getting the criticism he's been getting recently? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's fair when they say it's unfair, if you know what I mean. Um, I think, like you've said, I, I, don't, I think he's when, he's when he plays, when he starts, he brings a lot to the team. He's probably not quite hitting, he's probably just that, that slightly not quite hitting the, the heights that he did when he first came in in the second half of last season um, in terms of his all-round play. But his all-round play is still very good. I think he's a victim of Aaron Moyes for him for the, the return for the World Cup. I think that's making him... Or it's making people think that he's playing worse than what he is. And that's... I'm not saying Aaron Moyes absolutely like messy or that, do you know what I mean? But <laughs> I think that people are... They think that O'Reilly's playing worse because Aaron Moyes playing so well. Plus Aaron Moyes scoring goals when he's playing. O'Reilly's not getting goals. But again, like like Stephen said and like I've said, once once he gets that goal, he, he he'll he'll start scoring more. He's you can see he's no when he gets an opportunity, he's maybe not taking a shot that he would have took last season or earlier in the, not so much earlier in the season, but last season. Uh, like say he scored a goal, I think it was at Pataudry. He's had an early shot. He didn't strike it great, but he still took the shot. He's refusing the shot now. Um, even yesterday, you could say it was he's refused it because he's no confident, but then you could also look at it in the sense that it's all about the team and he knows that Turnbull's probably got a better shot than him. Well, he has got a better shot than him. He lays it off for Turnbull for the free kick and Turnbull gets the goal. So... For me, I think Matt O'Reilly is still bringing a lot to the team. And like you've said, his assists, we've touched on it before. He likes the, the through ball along the deck and he's yeah. really good at it. Or um, what do you call it? Moy likes it over the top. Yeah. The both of them, I just think that Matt O'Reilly's maybe problem as well as he's in and out the team now. He's not getting a lot of starts. So that's hard, like stop start if you like. It's a bit like that with Abada as well. Stop start in and out the team. But I think we have to remember, like even if even if he has, if his form had dipped even more than what I actually believe it has, he's twenty one, twenty two. <laughs> These guys are going to yeah. have dips like that. They're young guys. That I mean, O'Reilly doesn't look twenty one. I think that's deceiving as well. And that goes against him when he does have dips in form, if you like. But um, he's he's still developing mentally and physically at 21 year old in terms of his his all round game. I just think sometimes it, we've seen it with Abada over the course. Like I know you're going to touch on him, but I'll just I'll just sorry. No, I just wire in, mate. I wire in a bit. <laughs> um, you, you've seen it with him. Like his numbers are ridiculous, and but he's had fits and starts where he's had a, a lossy form. But 
you've got like Jota can play on that side if Abada's not playing well, which he, he isn't playing well now. That's you can totally see that. But Jota comes in, the depth comes into play, and that depth in the squad helps carry these young guys who are still learning, and it gives them that opportunity to have that dip, come out of the team, and we've still got like an abundance of quality that can cover them. O'Reilly having that dip that people have said, Aaron Moy stepped up to the plate. Abada's yep. having that dip. Jota comes over. If he doesn't come over, um, Forrest comes in. He he does, he steps up to the plate. This is what Ange. This is the squad that Ange has built. We've got young. We've got guys who are sort of mid, uh, mid twenties, and then you've got guys like Aaron Moy with experience. Uh, McGregor's sort of coming up to the thirty-year-old mark. I just think he's got a really good balance, a really good mix, and it helps these young guys, as I say, with their, their dips in form. But I'm not worried about Abada or O'Reilly, one iota, because I still think they're coming in and bringing, bringing like, good qualities to the team. I just think we have to be patient with these guys at times eh, and don't get on their back and don't worry because we're still churning out results. And these guys will come good again. I think Abada and O'Reilly have both shown since they've come into the club that the both of them have all the tools to be really good Celtic players. But they're still young, they're still learning, and they'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, totally agree. Same uh, Brown Warrior. I've brought a lot of his comments up. He's, I think he's talking a lot of sense tonight. Uh, uh, exact same opinion you, Ross, about how they're all con- contributing regardless. Um, I think he's right about this nitpicking. That this is what uh, it's, listen, everybody's more entitled to their opinion. It was Greg Taylor last year was getting in the neck for a period of time. Maeda was getting <laughs> it a few months ago, and now it seems to be O'Reilly and Abada's turn. I just think, and I understand why people like they go down that route. I just think we're flying now, and I, I don't. I think that is really, really. I think it's just harsh in my opinion, uh, especially on the two guys. But what I would what I would say, Stephen, is see. Hatati's kind of standard on the ball there, and we've, we've talked about Hart as well, and he got it stinking there. For their goal, Hatati's kind of got, and the boys Nate came in and nicked that away. See if that was O'Reilly that did that. Do you think we'd be having the same conversation on here tonight? Wouldn't it be going, because it's been Hatati and he's been immense this season, it's kind of just been like a, ugh, well, you know what I mean? Whereas I think if it was O'Reilly, he'd be getting pelters in the comments tonight. I think you'd be getting him grief. <laughs> Do you know, and this is what I'm a nitpicking thing. Do you think that's fair? I mean, to be fair with you, I don't think that's fair. I think we all recognise the mistake at half time made, but it didn't really lead to anything. We still won the game comfortably, 4 1. It'd be different if it was a 2 1, we were winning 90th minute. At half time, makes that mistake. Of course, I would come on here and go for him for a shortcut. But in, in regards to uh, O'Reilly, like, I think Posta Coley, what we can't forget, he's the master of dipping players in and out. He knows when the take a player out of the team for two or three games. <laughs> he, he knows <laughs> when to take a player out of, of the team for two or three games, leave him on the bench and get a, recuperate and get back into the team again, which I think is what, he, what he's doing with O'Reilly. I haven't really given O'Reilly pelters, to be fair. I haven't seen much people no, give no. him stink. I don't, I don't know if you've seen something different on Facebook. Aye, but whatever, he's one. Aye, but the way I look at it is O'Reilly, he's 21. And another thing to go with him, we signed him. <laughs> And he was the top contributor in midfield outside the EPL in all five divisions in England. Came to us, continued that form. And even though he has a dip in what he performs in terms of goals, he's still in double figures for assists 
for us this season, which is fantastic. And the, the, the way the, the way I look at it as well, he done it with a batter post the He took him out of the team, brought him back in. And I get why maybe a batter's getting a bit of stink after after the game there because he, he was a bit of a, a wild one. He came on, his pace was promising the game, but he had opportunities to whip the ball in. He wasn't he was hitting the keeper and he had an opportunity to score. I so yeah, you can see maybe why he's getting a bit of grief, but the same with a banner, they're twenty one, twenty two, they're gonna go into it again, they're gonna come back full and we're gonna be sitting here three or four weeks saying, Jesus the batter scored a double, he's absolutely on fire. So yeah, exactly. again, it's it's one thing I'm guilty of it. I'm the most guilty fan probably out there. I will criticize a player after one bad game, no problem. But also <laughs> yeah. equally, equally, I will praise a player after a good game. And if it's the I'll I'll eat my humble pie like a dumb boy, so it doesn't really bother me in that sense. But yeah, O'Reilly and Abada have no concerns on them going forward. They add a lot to our squad, and so may I continue. He also said Hatati's mistake didn't matter because one four one, but you went through heart earlier and said that we should be getting better. But fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but he, he should have saved it. I'm not going back on oh, yeah. that again. Let's go on to the final. It's John. <laughs> um, let's go on to the the fourth goal. Um, well, we've just been discussing it there with O'Reilly's assist and stuff like. But oh, I know there's been a lot of clamour on here and in the comments, especially about how some of his play reminds him of Viduka. Well, that turn on the defender was Viduka esque. I know we're using esque a lot tonight, but it was very <laughs> Viduka esque, wasn't it? And much different to Kyogo or, or even Yakimakis, I think. Aye, I, I, I mean, I, you, you, you don't see Kyogo doing that too often. Jack and Marcus, he doesn't, he, he didn't tend to roll a defender. He held it in, laid it Aye. off, spun, went for the return kind of thing. So he's different in that sense, but it's he's he's shown in that sort of action that he's he's going to be. Well, I think we'd seen it previously anyway, but he's shown in that action that he's. He's going to be that more physical presence, the the strength to take that in. Constantine's he's not a wee guy. I know he's thirty five now, but to take it in and spin him like that showed that he's got strength. He can be that big, powerful guy, but he's also got enough elegance about him to spin enough speed to yeah. spin him and get in behind. And I don't think there was a great deal in it. I know Constantine pulls him back. It's absolutely a foul. It's absolutely a red card. He he probably could have. He maybe could have got away from him if he just stayed on his feet. But the, your your natural instinct as a striker, when you feel yourself getting tugged or that, is to go down and get your team a free kick. He maybe even thought he was in the in the box because it was yeah. quite close. I maybe got a penalty here. I maybe get to hit it. But it was a great bit of play. Uh, and then the goal itself, obviously, I touched on it. It was a well-worked free kick. Um, I never, I, I didn't even think Turnbull was involved in it. He, he was sort of hovering and then he just peeled away and it was O'Reilly and I think it was McGregor and I thought O'Reilly was holding the ball. He's going to hit this. He puts the ball down and I'm thinking he's, he's wanting to get his goal. It's 3-1. Three, it's three, We're comfortable. It's the last minute. He'll have a dig and then he just... Really, it was a lovely wee layoff because he, it's a disguised one, but he still gets it perfect. I don't even know if I don't even know if Turnbull was aware he was going to play it to him, but he just strikes it as Turnbull does. Absolutely beautiful, uh, arrows it right into the corner, and it just seals seals a lovely uh, victory and performance. 
interesting that they never they never done rock paper scissors for it like this and John's <laughs> that, that was brilliant. <laughs> Ross, just before I go and ask Stephen the same thing, Turnbull, he's getting twenty minutes, half an hour a game, and it seems like every time he comes on, he's he's putting the ball in the back of the net, and it shows you how brilliant this team is at the moment. He can't get a sniff. I mean, he can't do much more when he's coming on and showing. <laughs> In terms of goals, he can't. Um, but you can't argue with these sort of numbers, these uh, goals to minutes ratio, if you like. But in terms of the collective as a team, I think if Turnbull played for the start and he was more of a mainstay in that midfield three, I think it would take away a wee bit for the way we play because he's he's got a better strike than any of the three or any of the four in front of him in terms of McGregor, Hattati, O'Reilly and Moy, he's got a better strike, as undoubt. There's right. no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But you didn't just get into that midfield three because you've got a good shot. No. You, you need other qualities. And, and Turnbull has got other qualities. He's got all the qualities that they guys have got. He can, br- he can bring all that to the game. But I just think he's that level slightly below the players that are in front of him. Mm. And Fair enough. It's no nice slant on him, but he, he can't do much more, like you say, but I just think that the reason he's not in the team is because he's not as good as any of the guys. That's fair. Maybe his engine as well. But, uh, mm-hmm. Stephen, what do you think, first of all, just a similar <laughs> question, what did you think about O's turn? I thought it was magic. I don't think there's anybody else in our team that kind of could have done that up top. Yeah. Turnbull's goal, and I'd, I'd like to hear about you, Turnbull, as well. Do you think he's he's pushing for a starting berth, or are you similar to Ross? I mean, starting with O, for the contribution he's made coming off the bench for like three, three, three games in a row, he's been great. And that turn he done on Constantine just left him in the muck, like. And then, as, as Ross said, the only option Constantine had was to take him down and get that red card. But O looks like a different option altogether than GG already. I think there's some that attributes in terms of strength but I think O has speed he has fucking skill technique he was linking the play he was dropping deep like Hugo done and he has that burst of speed over 10 or 15 yards which is great to see so I'm excited to see more from him I hope he maybe starts the game this weekend but in yeah. regards to the Turnbull his goals yeah, about three or four goals since the turn of the year coming on as a sub but I think he started one game since the turn of the year as well but I think like Ross for me, he's a, he's a level below what we have. For like ex- speed, like a Tate, explosive, uh, explosive type of thing, like Moy. You've got Cal McGregor, the thinker, the passer, the the playmaker. Turnbull, he's a good squad player to have. Well, I don't think he's he's going to be more than that on the Postecoglou. If he was, I mean, he's scoring goals. He would have got the chance by now. He would have started the game, and I don't think he's going to. I think Tate has the number eight position nailed on. I think Moy and O'Reilly are fighting out for that 10 and Matt Calmax does Captain Sorrow. Like he's going to be there until fucking, I don't know when, until he's like 50 or something. He's <laughs> just incredible. But if Tur- Turnbull sticks around, I'm happy. If he goes in the summer, I'm, I'm nonetheless, like I don't really care. He's good when he comes on. He scores a, a couple of cracking goals. And the fourth goal, as you, as you said, you're, you think O'Reilly's going to take that, but he just kind of puts it to the right. Turnbull with a low drive, keeper no chance. Great goal, but yeah. I like Ross. He's a, he's a level below what we have, and I think it's curtains for him on his career to be a full time starter, first choice. Well, here's just to come back here then. See, say Moy pulls up 
touch with it, doesn't he? My pool's up and training tomorrow, and they're playing a number 10. On recent form, are you starting O'Reilly or are you starting Turnbull? Start O'Reilly. Ross? O'Reilly. O'Reilly, aye. Fair play, fair play. Who, who, what about you? Uh, I'm probably going with O'Reilly. I, quite, I, I, I think it's... I think it's really shooting Turnbull the now coming on. I don't think he's got the engine that the other boys have got either. And but I think it's shooting him coming on for half an hour and just yeah. um and like you said, he's, he's the strike. You can put a bet on up your score outside the box every week and you'd be up money at the end of the year. Uh, it's I think the physicality as well, eh? Aye. Aye. Sorry, the last few games as well, I've noticed that he's he does he's sometimes his first his second touch is always a tackle. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. I think that's why Aye. sometimes it is just get out of the feet and strike it. But Aye. I think he's a top player, and I think he's he, mm. he's great. I just thought it'd be interesting because O'Reilly has come in for a bit of criticism now, and I think Turnbull can't do much more than what he's doing in the half an hour he's getting in each game at the moment. So it's an interesting one. But I another three points, still nine clear, and um, and just presser after the game. Let me. I just want to get this presser up and just read you what he actually said. If I can find it. Um, so I'm go- I'll come and ask you about this after that. But Anne said um, some really good players didn't get on the pitch today and some really good players didn't get in the squad. For about four or five weeks now, we've got a game a week. So that gives us a chance to work really hard at training and get everybody up to another level, another notch and increase our performance. Both on an individual and collective basis, we have set our mark as always, trying to finish stronger than we started and we are well on the way to that. We are definitely getting stronger every week. And that's what we want to do until the end of the year. The free midweeks gives us an opportunity to do that. When you do have three games a week, it limits the opportunities to work on our game, the game patterns and individual work with the guys. The guys want that. We can, as coaches, look to the games for improvement. We have to make sure we're giving them what they need on a daily basis. And I'm sure we'll use this period wisely. So, Ross, the gaffer's coming out with that. First of all, do you agree? Do you think we're getting better every week? And also, <laughs> how do you get better than pumping teams three or four goals? <laughs> Every single week. Is a sky the limit for this team? Um, I don't know if we're getting better every week. We're, we're certainly not getting any worse. I think that's evident. <laughs> um, it's hard to say. We're just watching them game by game. I think he's alluded to that. We, we don't do our work. We can't do our work just game by game. We have to get the time on the pitch to work on our patterns and all that. I think you'll no see a, a drastic improvement us as fans eh, just watching the games. I mean, obviously you'll have better performances than others, and you'll say, "Oh, we're get, you could say we're getting better." But I, I think the the management team will notice it more in the training eh, and the way they're sort of teaching them the way they're about to play and the players picking it up, they'll, they'll notice it more than us. But I think what you will, what you can say is Fianch came in to where we are right now, even like the, the stages that we've talked about in this process, I know people hate that, but um, <laughs> I, I think if you, if you go through each stage, we are getting better. And I, I think what I would say is Every single game you watch, I think I sort of alluded to it at the start of the podcast as well, but every single game you watch, Celtic, they play the same way, but they, they, they certainly in the league, obviously it's a different kettle of fish when you play in Europe against higher quality, but mm-hmm. in the league, all the games, 
going, they go, there's no deviation in the way the game pans out. They go exactly the same way. It's not like a, a Neil Lennon team where one game at Parkhead, you're absolutely brilliant, you blew a team away, then you went to Hamilton and you struggled and you got beat 2 1 on a Wednesday night or something like that. This Ange Postacoglu team doesn't do that. I mean, don't get me wrong, I know we went to St Mirren and we lost earlier in the season. And I thought that day I said that was a Neil Lennon team performance, and it was. But they're few and far between. That, that Neil Lennon teams done that not regularly, but certainly a lot more often than what this team does. They're just they're just a well oiled machine who are all working in tandem. They all know their jobs, and the the full unit, a collective, is absolutely <laughs> brilliant, and. They, they are. They have got better for the start of the season. I think we've all alluded to that, and we all know that. Will we see a marked improvement between now and the end of the season? I'm not sure, but if we do, God help every single team that <laughs> come up in front of us because it's they'll get absolutely thought, eh? rinsed. Aye, they'll get rinsed. Stephen, what do you think about Angie's comments? And I mean, the team are just absolutely relentless. I've never known a team to be. Four nothing up and still is relentless trying to get more goals. Do you think it's just a scary thought? The fact that he, the gaffer thinks we're going to get, we're still going to get better and better and better. I mean, like like what Ross said, there. I don't think we've been absolutely fizzing since the turn of the year. I think we're getting through games. Professional performances are seeing us through, and we're scoring quite a lot of goals. I mean, the goal difference has increased. I think by plus eight. Someone said since that Ian Bill's been in charge across the city. But I think what it alludes to more. <clears throat> is the fact our new signings have time to bet in. You have got the likes of Alistair Johnson getting weeks of training. You've got Yogi uh, Kobayashi who started two games with clean sheets. You've got O coming in, Iwata to come in. You've got Turnbull, Haksabanovic, Mieta if he's on the bench, Forrest. These players are getting fitter and fitter and fitter for the big part of this season to get us through and get that league title back at Celtic Park. But the, the way I the way I look at it as well, Postacoglu has to create the buzz, fair enough. But the proof's in the pudding. We've done it last year. We steamrolled the league in this part of the season. And I think we'll do it again this year. And the signs for me are exciting. You've got O coming off the bench, rolling defenders. You've got Turnbull making impacts, coming off, coming on for 10 minutes, scoring goals. O'Reilly to find his form. Abada to find his form. Johnson coming into his, his, his thing for Celtic, more, more fitness, Kobayashi to start. So it's all exciting. And what Postacoglu says, I believe, do you know what I mean? We're going to... Keep firing through, we're going to be class, and I think we're going to steamroll the league 100%. Agreed. That's a great point about the like Haxabanovich, and that can't even get a, 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 a <laughs> the team's that scary. And Gary Melrose is, makes a great point. Can't remember decades here, any other time when I could look at the bench and think, who can we bring on without feeling either despair yeah. or panic? Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest. I don't know if he's agreed, Stephen, but you've talked about the squad depth there. I think that we've Clearly got the best first 11 in the whole league. But there's no many teams that can say, we'll bring five subs on and there's not going to be a drop-off. There's guys on the bench that are just as good. And I just can't see where we're going to slip up at all. See, to be fair, like, I think, who was it? Someone said it in the last podcast. We could field two or three teams have finished quite comfortably in the SPFL. One to win the league and one to kind of fill up the other places. I think that's the way it goes. And, to, as as Postacoglu always says, at a top team, you're not guaranteed game time, but you need players to come in 
they had the same level of your starting eleven or equivalent. And you you look at the bench. Haxabanovich was a fire before the World Cup. He's still the finest form. Moyes found it. O'Reilly's to come back into that team again. You've got O coming in. It's so exciting. The bench is so strong. The squad is so strong. And Posta Cogley and the likes of Mark Lowell and Michael Nicholson, they've built that. Do you know what I mean? They've built that team together. And Posta Cogley trusts his recruitment process. He trusts the likes of Mark Lowell. And I think, it, again, it, it's going well for us. The, the, the squad depth, and I know Ross said in European football is different cattle of fish. Yeah, 100% agree with you there, but that's a different podcast for another day to get into that one, do you know what I mean? Because you know my views on that. But the team at the minute for domestic level is frightening. And any other team here in them words, you might as well forfeit your game by default because it's coming home to us. And Ross, the, like, the job they've done, I think that I know the board get a lot of stick for a lot of people, but the job they've done and helping Ange along the way um, is nothing short of miraculous when you think about the, the the squad Ange had when he first came in and the likes of Edward and all left. We were down to the bare bones. I remember there was a point where we had a bad up front, Montgomery on the left and Juranovic on the right wing. And and, and it's night and day now. It's actually, it's miraculous, isn't it? What he's done. It's unbelievable. But, I mean, Ange, he came in there, he, he wanted to come in himself. And before he came in, obviously there was changes at the top. Uh, and Don McKay came in, and then obviously that changed again for whatever reason. Uh, we'll not go into the now. Um, but he's came in, and he's basically unified. He's unified the entire club on and off the park. You can see that with the team, the way they're playing. As I say, it's a unit. They're all pulling in one direction. And then you look at, the, the, that that sort of well, there's what Anthony's talking about. That that three, that Lowell, <laughs> that Lowell uh, Nicholson and uh, Ange relationship seems for the outside looking in outstanding. And I think the proof of that is the recruitment. It has been unbelievable. And people going about, we've got the biggest um, budget and all that, but we have sold players. We've sold JJ and uh, Jack and Marcus. Before that, we sold obviously iron stuff. That was the first sort of like iron that they they sort of subsidised, right. if you like, right. the first the, like the rebuild. Now these guys are subsidising, adding to the squad, bolstering it, making it stronger. Uh, so this this math, if you like, that we have got the biggest budget, like so what. We have got the biggest budget, but we've put ourselves in a position where we've got the biggest budget. Nobody gave us it. Nobody mm-hmm. handed it to us in a plate. Nobody was talking about the biggest budget when Rangers were fucking EBTing the way through their fucking, do you know what, yes, I, mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes. Nobody was talking about big budgets then. That's my boxing. But yeah. uh, aye, to go back to the main point, Postacoglu, <laughs> lol. The, the, the whole club, he has unified an entire club on his own. What a guy. I adore him. <laughs> there he's there. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Andy. Hi. Hi. Couldn't have finished it better myself. So, um, <coughs> I'm going to just quickly, I know we're running on a wee bit, we're just going to quickly uh, look ahead to the Scottish Cup game on Saturday, Stephen. Uh, the only team that's beat us domestically this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, will Lightning strike twice? Or do you think it's going to be another routine one for the boys? It's at home, isn't it? Is, uh, is I don't know actually. I think it is. Five, so. it 
Probably not. That's home. That's home. It is home. It's yeah. Aye. I mean, to be fair, like if Samaran have made some signings, Tony Watt. Yeah, I think there's another another striker come in from down south when we've done the transfer special and stuff. So the, the strength in some areas of their team, but your Robinson, he does my head in, but there's credit, he has that team well drilled. And I think the likes of Martindale again has Livingston well drilled. So I'm expecting a tough game. Again, more physical side of the game. I think a young and a younger, whatever he's called, he's injured, so we don't have to worry about him. He's caused us a few problems. They, they still have Curtis Main up top who can bully a couple of centre halves. I've seen an interesting stat. That uh, was the Carter Vickers has only lost one header since Christmas Eve, and that was against Kyle Fassell against Kilmarnock. He's an absolute colossus. No way, Carter Vickers. So, I out of thirty-eight duels or something, he's lost one. And the, the way I look at it, against the Murn, home game, half-five kickoff. I think it's on the TV as well. Yeah, be a big crowd there. I'm expecting a few changes to be fair. I want to see a bit of rotation, maybe O coming in. I said that previously, but it didn't happen. Yeah, but uh, Dixon probably. 4 0 Celtic, I'll go for. Easy peasy. I repeat you the league game recently, Ross. Yeah. What do you think? Do you, I, I'm, I was going to go back to Stephen, but he said that. Are you expecting some changes? Uh, and how do you think we'll go? Um, I expect some changes. Uh, I don't think it will be wholesale um, because as a Premier League team we're playing after all, it's a competition we obviously want to win, especially if we get the if we manage to win the League Cup final then you're looking at a possible treble I'm not talking about trebles right now because that is a very difficult game against Rangers in the final but uh, I don't think as I say I don't think it'll be wholesale changes but I still think we'll get the win uh, because again it's, it's just what this team does they they don't they very rarely have off days so I am confident that they'll get the win Um in terms of score, I'll go three 0 Celtic. Um, do you want? Did you ask for a lineup? No, I didn't. I would. No. I was actually going to just ask you: Is there anybody that's not really been starting recently that you would like to see? Or do you, um, think, that it's, do you think it's too big a game to give the likes? Say, I don't know, a what is or? Ah, uh, I, I think. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I don't think he's he's no. He doesn't really change it. Or even against uh, Greenock Morton, wasn't he like he rested yeah, a no, lot of players in that yeah, game? He played. Yeah. He played a strong team, and we're playing a, a stronger team now in St. Martin. I think they're sitting fourth yeah, or fifth. Like they had a poor right. result at the weekend. I think they got beat at the weekend, but they're going. They're going pretty well, mm-hmm. and they have beat us this season. Earlier in the podcast when I was thinking about a lineup, I was thinking guys like Turnbull and stuff like that would maybe start, but the more I think about it, a good chance they won't, because as I say, the, the team's motoring along nicely now. You don't want to make well, certainly last time he made drastic changes against St. Martin that went tits up and they beat two 0 There was mm-hmm. a lot of changes in that game. So I I think there there will be one or two come in. I don't I still don't think you'll see guys like Iwata Oh, I don't think they'll start the game. I think he'll still go pretty strong. I think I agree with that, Stephen. What do you think? And, and do, you, do you think there's going to be changes? And also, like we've, it's a free week. We're not playing midweek for the first time in God knows how long. So these guys are going to be fighting fit, ready to go. So do you think he will go strong? Oh. 
he'll go strong. Don't know what happened there. He'll go strong. And then he'll nearly cut him up. But um, I would go for, for myself, I would like to see a Wada play. I would like to see Owen from the start. Now, I kind of counted on it. I wanted to play with Kalmak moved up one. So Hatate playing in the 10 road, Kalmak in the 8. And then I want to come in there to kind of settle in and then O up top. That's the only two I really like to see start a game. I've seen Yuki play. He's quite impressive. Um, Alistair Johnson's the main step right back now. He has to be. So, yeah, the players I want to see, the only two really is Iwata and O in from the start. Interesting. Aye, it'll be interesting. Hopefully we get the win. I'm pretty sure we will. We've been flying recently, like I said. Um <sighs> The way we're playing now, we could go two goals down in the first 20 minutes, and I still think we could come back and win it. I just right. think we're fighting at the moment. <laughs> um, so, aye, there's lots of people saying that they would make a few changes. Interesting, but everybody's fairly confident. So, aye. No. Ran on a wee bit of night, but it was good chat. Loved talking the football. Uh, you enjoy that, Stephen? Ah, oh, it's brilliant. The usual Friday crew, usually we're drinking and stuff, but oh, it was great laugh. Yeah. Love being on with you guys. Unbelievable. <laughs> You've got another hour and a half to go, Stephen. Hey, Ross. <laughs> I know. It's actually nice to be on a Monday night and uh, have a Friday off and get a wee, a wee Friday off the drink. Because uh, I've been on, I think this is the first, this is the first Monday I've done this year. Uh, so I've uh, been hitting the drink pretty hard on a Friday. <laughs> as, as Paul Diet alluded to earlier. <laughs> Talk plenty of sense tonight, they were saying no. Uh, I'll take that. <laughs> um, back on Friday, Tony is going to be your host of the most, and I'm going to be on. I think it's just the two of us. We're going to be looking a wee, cha- a wee Champions League rewind. So I think we're going to look at the um, 07 08 season in Champions League. So a wee trip down memory lane should be good. So join us for that. And uh, aye, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the support. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for the lot. Really, really appreciate it, guys. See you Friday. Uh, and then Monday after a Scottish Cup win. <laughs> Stay well. Hail, hail. Hail, hail, guys. Hail, hail. hail.